What are you going as? I, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. But how will anybody ever find out? Like, if you don't tell us now, how are we going to find out? Well, it'll, it'll be in the office tomorrow, so people in the office can see it. And, and But there are uh, far more people who listen to this podcast than are in your office. People are dying to know. I'm, I'm not going to give it away. I'm not going to give it away. But by the time this airs, it'll already be Halloween, and you'll be in your costume. You're making this incredibly awkward right now, Pat. I just want to know what you're going as for Halloween, Jeff. Can you believe that we are at the final week of the 2019 CFL season? If you are in a league or if you're near the very top, it all comes down to the four games that are be playing that are going to be played in week 21 of the season. Welcome to the CFL Fantasy Podcast presented by Leo Vegas for the Final time in the regular season. There's more to come, but for the final time in the regular season. And guys, I don't know exactly what we're looking at. I don't know exactly what we're talking about when it comes to how these rosters are going to shape up for Week 21. Some teams are resting players. Some teams need wins. It's going to be a fascinating, fascinating research portion of the program. Let's welcome in our CFL Fantasy Podcast friends. We've got Jeff Creever. We've got Hannah Nordman. My name is Pat Steinberg. CFLfantasy.tsn.ca is the website. Make sure that you set your lineups and uh, see if you can win that grand prize trip for two here to Calgary for the Grey Cup in November in that unique championship ring. Uh, Jeff, can you believe it is week 21 of the season? Yeah, it's the last week of the season and everybody's talking about the playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Cue Jim Mora. But hold on, because we're not there yet. We've got one more week of the season, and for several CFL teams, Week 21 might be pretty meaningless. Not for us. Not for those playing TSN CFL Fantasy, because this is the last week to try and win a cool prize, to try and win uh, your own ring for winning a championship, and to win bragging rights with your friends. We will reset. There will be Playoff Fantasy. Uh, starting next week. But for this week, it's time to buckle down and, and set those lineups. We've got a special Halloween edition. I promise you it won't be that scary. But we will have some uh, scary topics, such as players you may want to stay away from this week. Uh, definitely, definitely want to keep a lookout uh, for depth charts this week. And, hey, I'm dressing up this year. I, I haven't done it for a little bit, but we've Are got a little you? something going on in the office. Yeah, and, and I've, got, I've got some fun plans. But Pat and Hannah, uh, I think last year neither of you uh, were, were any fun. You were both pretty <laughs> boring and not dressing up and, and not planning to do anything interesting. Has that changed? Well, I wrote down on my rundown, I don't dress up because I am the fun police. So yeah, no, pretty much par for the course. I got the uh, work email saying, feel free to dress up, and I immediately deleted it. That's, that is not my jam. Shouldn't the fun police, like, be fun? No, they're there to stop fun. That's what Hannah could go as yeah. for Halloween. Yeah. She could be the fun police. No, that would fun be police. too fun. I, uh, I haven't dressed up for Halloween in probably 25 years, 20 years, somewhere in that range. What? So it's been a long time since I've put on it. Now, if I were to go, I won't. But if I were to go as someone for Halloween, it would have to be a very specific crowd that I'm hanging out with. But I'd just, I'd wear a cardigan. I would have a tie clip. I would do my hair very nicely. And I would go as Jeff Creever. That's what I would be going as. I, uh, that, that, it, would have to be a, it would have to be a very specific crowd because otherwise people would just think that I'm well-dressed. You'd have, you'd have a hard time selling that one. I don't know if you got me down. I don't know if you have my essence, Pat. That's that would be one of the tougher Halloween costumes to pull off. The last time I did anything, it was because some of my best friends, it's their favorite holiday or favorite celebration. So I said if they wanted me to dress up, she could just like do whatever spooky thing to my face because she is an artist. And that was my costume. But I put in zero effort. What are you going as? I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. 
And, and you how know is anybody, but things, how will anybody just, ever it, find out? Like, if you don't tell us now, <laughs> how are we going to find out? Well, it'll, it'll be in the office tomorrow, so people in the office can see it. And, and But there are uh, far more people uh, who listen to this podcast than are in your office. People are dying to know. I'm, I'm not going to give it away. I'm not going to give it away. But by the time this airs, it'll already be Halloween, and you'll be in your costume. You're making this incredibly awkward right now, Pat. Just want to know what you're going as for Halloween, Jeff. Well, Jeff isn't going to Gosh. tell us what he's going as for Halloween. I'm going to be very bitter about that until the end of the podcast. But this week, in the spirit of Halloween, because Jeff wants to make this a Halloween-themed podcast, I'm down. Uh, we're talking about scary matchups you want to avoid. We'll uh, try and help you navigate what is a very difficult slate. And it is, because there are several teams around the league resting big-name players to get ready for week one of the postseason. Of course, we'll have our locks of the week, money picks, and uh, all the news for week 21 as well. But Jeff, why don't we start there? Because, yeah, there's some big-name players, some potential big-name quarterbacks who will not be suiting up and getting on the field once we get to Friday night. I was trying to think of, of an old football movie where the Buffalo Bills win the Super Bowl. Uh, and I thought it was the replacements, but it was second string. I don't know. It's been so long since I've seen these. Um, but The Replacement's also a great movie. And it, it kind of reminds me of, of this week because you're going to have a lot of backup quarterbacks uh, and a lot of backups at a lot of positions playing uh, because for the eight teams in action this weekend, only two of them are playing uh, for any positioning in the standings. Hamilton, Montreal, Edmonton, they're all locked in. Uh, and then the three in the West, they can move around, but Winnipeg isn't playing. So Calgary... Uh, and Sask are the only two teams that have anything to play for right now with the division title and uh, for the Stampeders and Bombers, a home playoff game on the line. So it's uh, going to be really interesting to see what happens. And I want to ask you guys, because I'm going back and forth on this. I look at Bo uh, and Cody Fajardo, the two quarterbacks of those two aforementioned teams that they, they need to win this weekend. Those are the safe picks for me. But there are some backups uh, that, that are going to play this weekend at a pretty reasonable cost at the quarterback position that I'm mulling over a little bit. And I'm curious to know uh, which of these guys could be in play uh, for fantasy users this week. I, I prefer the safer picks. I went with Fajardo last week. I know I think both of you guys went with Bo, and everyone was happy there. I think if between the two, I think the SAS game might be a little bit more competitive. There's a chance that Bo could get up pretty high on a, a BC team and then sit for the second half. But if I'm looking at the low-cost guys, the Dominique Davis, Matt Schiltz, Logan Kilgore, Hayden Moore, I like Logan Kilgore, don't like the matchup against Sask D, so then I would probably look towards Matt Schiltz at $5,200 up against Ottawa, even though there's nothing on the line there. So Cody Fajardo for the big money, uh, or Matt Schiltz, I would say, as the discount guy. See, I like for me, this is a tough one because I love the idea of players like Fajardo and Mitchell in important games and knowing that, look, I mean, the Stampeders, they want to host a playoff game. They, it doesn't matter what happens between Sask and Edmonton. If Calgary doesn't win, they're not hosting a playoff game. So unless it's a big-time blowout, I, I don't know if you're seeing starters come out of that game because they want to make sure there's no way that BC can beat them, especially with, with Calgary being on the road. So uh, th there's a really... It's a really interesting week. Of of those, you know, the the one that I I have always been most interested in from a fantasy standpoint is Kilgore because they they have allowed him to throw the ball a lot and and when he's on he can be a pretty effective quarterback. When he's not on though, that's the scary part. And against a very good SAS D, I, I'd be a little I'd be a little scared of putting Kilgore in. Of those. I think Kilgore, and just because of the rushing touchdowns that are available from Dominique Davis, I'd be those would be the two that I'm interested in. But the interceptions that come along with those two guys are a little scary. So I, they're cheap, and if you're willing, if you think there's a good matchup for one of these four, Schiltz, Kilgore, Moore, or Davis, then you know I think you can at the very least consider it because of the price. I'm not as inclined to go down that road though. Kilgore is really scary to me this week. In fact. 
uh, we're, we're talking about scary picks in this Halloween-themed episode. And uh, he, he, he's a spooky one because like scary you're talking good about or a scary quarterback. Bad? Scary bad. Because, oh. And not that he's bad. I, I, like the, I like the player, but it's not a good situation for him playing uh, on the road against a Riders team that needs to win to wrap up the West. So you know the Riders aren't taking it easy. Uh, and if Kilgore's playing, probably... Uh, a number of the Eskimos' other starters will also be resting. So you're having Logan Kilgore throw into a number of backups out there against a Riders team with everything to play for. Uh, that's that's not that doesn't spell success to me. Uh, right now, I have Bo in my lineup, and Pat, you nailed it with the safe picks and, and Hannah. Uh, talk about Bo. Talk about Fajardo. They're two of the three most owned players early in the week right now. Uh, heading into week 21, uh, and the the top two quarterbacks. And no one else is even close. Uh, Dane Evans is a distant, distant third, but I don't even think he's... I I don't even know if he takes a snap in this game. Now, the Ticats, they have a long time off before that Eastern final. Maybe they want to give him a drive or two, but I wouldn't be touching Dane Evans in, in any event because I can't imagine any scenario where he plays longer uh, than two quarters. But I, I like the idea, if we're talking cheaper quarterbacks, uh, Hannah said Matt Schiltz. I think he's really interesting. I'm a little worried that maybe Antonio Pipkin also gets in there at some point. I really like Dominique Davis. If I'm going value at quarterback, Dominique Davis, he's the guy I'm looking at because I think he's hungry to get back in there. Uh, he'll be playing against an Alouette's defense that will rest starters. Uh, you can be sure of that. Uh, and an Alouette's defense that has struggled, no less. And Dominic Davis, the plays he can make with his legs. Uh, this is this is an audition for him as well. So he'll be working with the Red Black starters. Uh, they're going to get the running back, John Crockett, back in there. I think the ingredients are there for Dominic Davis to have a pretty good week given his price tag. I'm not saying he'll go off for 30-plus, but if he's giving you 20, 25 points, a couple of rushing touchdowns, I'd be pretty happy with that at a round of $5,000 salary. We've talked about some of the possible gems out there this week. There are many more, uh, so we're going to go trick-or-treating this episode. But first, let's send it over to Pat as we look back on week 20. Well, if you shelled out the 14K for Brandon Banks, you liked your ROI. He was a treat, if you will, in week 20. Uh, Yes, $14,000 salary, but in week 20, 49.1 points against Montreal, just .2 shy of the all-time record set by Reggie Bagleton earlier this year. So bonkers, bonkers game from Brandon Banks. If you didn't have him, and not a lot of people did, um... There were 47 players who appeared on more fantasy rosters than Banks. Kyron Moore would have been a solid pick. The Riders receiver, good value, 33.3 points. He was second for the week. Bo Levi Mitchell, Dane Evans, top quarterbacks, 30 and 29 points respectively. While Stamps receiver Herji Mayala had another big game, 27.3 to round out the top five. The top running back play last week, A.J. Willette. Yes, perhaps not a household name yet, but you might want to write it down for week 21. He stepped in for James Wilder Jr. in Toronto, had 22 points versus Ottawa. Not a good week for running backs outside of that. Calvin McCarty was second with 12.8. Shaq Cooper had 12. Andrew Harris, 11.5. William Powell, 11. Jeremiah Johnson, 10.5. And And then Brendan Gillanders and and Ante Leiter, both disappointing on that front. If you went for the lower cost option with uh, Gillanders and Leiter, you were uh, certainly disappointed in that respect. Yes, the... Penultimate week of the season, I believe, as, as we would call it. Penultimate. Correct. Western Willie's lead is getting a little bit smaller. There's a chance. There's a chance. That's all I'm going to say. Ticat75, who is in second, he's closed the gap after a, a 111-point week, uh, thanks in part to contributions from Dane Evans, A.J. Willett, and Hergie Mayala. Uh, Western Willie continues to be consistent, 98 points for him. His worst week this season, 70 points back in week 10. But uh, I will say this, three weeks for Western Willie uh, in a row without hitting 100 points. So uh, it it could be a close race depending on what happens this week and and what could be a pretty unpredictable week in TSN CFL Fantasy. Congratulations to our week 20 winner, M. Mahal, who was led by Brandon Banks' 49 points. Uh, and a big performance from A.J. Ouellette, as well as Stamps receiver Eric Rogers. Sometimes it pays to check those depth charts. Uh, 144 points for Emma Hall, and, and uh, hey, it wouldn't have happened 
without the Argos cheap running back, who I happen to get on my roster as well, uh, just by checking in on that depth chart and, and seeing, oh, no Chris Rainey, no James Wilder Jr. This guy uh, is $2,500, and he might have a day. And against the Ottawa Red Blacks, he did. So I, I hate to hate to toot my own horn, but that was, that was a pretty savvy pick by myself. And, and uh, remember, you can play along with me, Pat Steinberg, and Hannah Nordman, and I've, I've caught up. I was back all year. You've done it. And I've moved ahead. I'm number one. Let's see if this is just a one-week thing or, or uh, I can stay on the top of the mountain to end the season because what an incredible comeback that would be. Uh, Pat, just behind me, uh, it's a gap of about 12 points. So uh, it's coming down to, to me and Pat uh, and Hannah, a little bit of distance there. It would, take a, it would take a pretty big week. Let's turn it over to Hannah with this week's Fantasy Flash. After making three starts, Will Arndt will be back on the Red Blacks bench this week as head coach Rick Campbell has announced that Dominique Davis is set to return behind center. Another player that could be back in the lineup is running back John Crockett. We've been hearing his name for weeks, it seems, but Campbell says he expects Crockett to be ready. Eskimos head coach Jason Moss says he doesn't expect Trevor Harris to play this week. It's not set in stone, but the playoff-bound Esks plan to rest a number of starters on Saturday. Speaking of quarterbacks you'll want to avoid this week, Dane Evans isn't expected to play much, if at all, for the Cats, who are preparing to host the Eastern Final on November 17th. Tyrell Sutton, Brandon Banks, and Braylon Addison are also veterans to keep an eye on. No word yet on the Argos' plans at quarterback, but expect them to continue rotating between McLeod Bethel-Thompson, Michael O'Connor, and Dakota Prukop. It worked last week as the trio combined for five touchdown passes. Finally, Stamps receiver Eric Rogers was sidelined at practice early in the week. Don't read too far into it yet, but the situation needs to be monitored before plugging him into your lineup. Stamps are getting hit with the injury bug again, it seems, at just the wrong time. A lot of guys... I think nicked up there. Uh, now they may have to go on the road for their opening playoff game, although it's unlikely. They, they can yeah. clinch a home playoff game with a win over BC. Uh, but that first round bye would have been nice, and that's not going to happen unless uh, the Eskimos can pull off the upset against the Riders this week. Let's start with the first game of the week. We'll, we'll talk more about the Stamps and, and the Riders and that exciting race later on. Uh, Montreal and Ottawa... Uh, off the uh, right off the hop, and the Red Blacks uh, not yielding much from a fantasy standpoint this season. But could Week 21 be a different story? I'm a little optimistic. I gotta say, I, I know it sounds risky, and I'm the one playing with the lead here. I'm not really in a position to take big risks, but with the Alouettes likely to rest a number of starters, uh, I'm intrigued. What do you guys think? Is that is that misguided, or do you, do you are you a little optimistic? Who intrigues you? Who are you optimistic well, about? There are two uh, right off the top that I would say, Dominique Davis and John Crockett right away. And one of those two is in my lineup right now. We already talked about Davis, right? And we talked about Davis. So I'm, I'm in, like, he interests me mainly because he is a, uh, a guy you can get your rushing touchdowns. Crockett's interesting to me because when he was in the lineup before, guys, he was, he was somewhat productive at a low salary and a guy on top of the depth chart like that you like. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not one of my number one running back plays, but what, he's coming in at $4,300? So if, if you're confident that he's going to get the lion's share of the snaps, then against a Montreal team that is on the road and resting starters, I, I could see why Crockett would be a good play too. Yeah, Crockett kind of bounced between 7 and 13 points. So there's there so far hasn't been a huge upside. I'm really not looking at the receivers either. This is a situation I've avoided. I wouldn't spend anything more than 4 or $5,000 on maybe one player if I was looking at the Red Blacks, but I'm not looking there at all. Yeah, receivers receivers risky. I will say this. Last week, uh playing the cheapest running backs in uh, Wallette and Galanders, aside from Ante Leader, who was also really cheap. Uh, but going cheap at running back helped me win the week, helped me have a really big week uh, because the running backs, as Pat mentioned off the top, they were terrible last week. And uh, having those two really cheap running backs still give me at least somewhat decent production while allowing me to throw a lot of money at my receivers and my quarterback, uh, that was a really big advantage for me. And when I look at the field, 
when I look at the field and I see some of the options this week, aside from William Powell, I don't see a lot there because we don't know what teams are going to do. Yep. If the Owls, if the uh, if the Ticats sit Sutton, and we know that Malik Irons is going to get his 15 touches, hey, that's great. I'm really interested in that. But until we see those depth charts right now, I know John Crockett's going to be a really big part of the Red Blacks game plan. This is an audition for him for next year. Uh, Rick Campbell's been talking about him for weeks about getting him back into the lineup. I think he's going to have a really big game against a defense that's really going to be thinking about next week. The Alouettes are checked out for this game. They know what their priority is. They're thinking about the Edmonton Eskimos in the Eastern semifinal. One last triple header on Saturday, and it kicks off with one of the biggest games of the weekend, Edmonton in Sask. So with the Riders being one of only two teams that can impact their playoff fate this weekend, is that where you're looking to spend most of your money? Yeah, the the two teams that have the the shot of sealing their fate and controlling their destiny going into week 21 are the two teams that I'm most interested in. And and there's some there's some interesting plays on that rider's side of things. Now, I do think the Eskimos would love nothing more to try and play spoiler going on the road. But look, Sask has got the opportunity to clinch the West Division and get themselves a bye. So I don't see them being in a spot where they're going to pull very many punches. They, they have an opportunity here. And if you've got an opportunity to to get yourself automatically one win from a Grey Cup, I think that you've got to take a look at... I think you've got to approach Week 21 as close to a playoff game as you possibly can if if you're the Riders. So I like how that shapes up for a lot of their playmakers. I like how that shapes up for Fajardo, for a couple of their receivers. I'm curious as to what they're going to do with Powell because there's been some buzz that maybe he doesn't play. Um, but I, I'm... I, the Riders, the Stampeders are the two teams that I'm most interested in. And there's some, certainly for Saskatchewan, there's some really interesting plays this week. Yeah, I'm with you there. And for those two teams where everything's on the line, this is the one situation, uh, aside from possibly Ottawa, which we just talked about, uh, but this is the one situation where you're probably going to see players going from start to finish. Because... The Riders could build a 20-point lead at halftime. They're not going to mess around and start taking guys out of the lineup. And if they're playing an Eskimos team that's resting starters, I think Cody Fajardo, Shaq Evans, and William Powell, uh, as well as Kyron Moore, who, uh, to Pat's credit, he, he's been hyping up Moore quite a bit this year, and, and he's delivering. Uh, really great week for Kyron Moore. I think they're in for really big games against the Eskimos with that matchup. Uh, same with the Stamps, because... Yeah, they may lose that bye week in the division title. They are not going to lose that home playoff game. They do not want to go into Winnipeg in the Western semifinal. And again, if they even if they build a big lead, they're not going to start taking guys out until late in the game. And in a matchup against the struggling BC team, uh, we don't know what the Lions have at quarterback, whether it's Danny O'Brien uh, or Brandon Bridge. They haven't shown the ability to move the ball at all since Mike Riley got injured. I think the Stampeders and Riders are going to be full of really high-end fantasy options this week, which is why, which is, and it's a little off topic, but not really, because which is that's why I talked about possibly getting a cheap quarterback in there like Dominique Davis, so that I could load up on some of these really high-priced playmakers uh, like Shaq Evans, Reggie Bagleton, uh, and Eric Rogers, and even William Powell, right? Guys on those two teams that are going to have a chance to put up really big points and have much higher ceilings than a lot of players this week. Shaq Cooper was on my team last week. He was on a lot of teams last week, one of the most popular picks, uh, third most chosen in week 20, but only came up with about 12 points. Not great, but not, uh, not terrible as well. All of the running backs kind of falling in that mediocre territory. Do you go back this week if he's the starter or did that shaky week kind of throw you off? It's going to be difficult for him because I don't think the Eskimos are in a position where they're going to be sustaining long drives. Uh, I don't think they're going to be on the field a lot. And Shaq Cooper, he's not a he's not a bargain option right now. No, Love the 50, player. Think he's, think he's, yeah, I think he's really talented. Yeah, he's not up there in that William Powell. Uh, Andrew Harris territory but 
he's a middle of the road. And this week, given the options, he's a higher priced option with some of the lower priced running backs. Given the matchup, I think it's a risky play this week. I really do. And it's he's pop. He's a popular choice in fantasy, even though uh, he didn't do he didn't bomb last week. He did fine, but he's right now he's the sixth ranked player uh, as far as the most chosen running backs go. And I don't know. I, I like some of the cheaper guys out there. Uh, AJ Ouellette being one of them, and he's a player I'm staying away from. I'm also really curious about how the Eskimos are going to go about their business too. Let's let's say that this does go according to plan like Jeff just talked about, and I think there's a good chance that it will. Let's say that we are talking about a big Sask lead and, and Sask has the ball way, off, way more often than Edmonton does. I mean, how much does Cooper really even see in terms of uh, in terms of touches and in terms of snaps, I, I I wonder if I wonder if this is a scenario where he gets pulled out because they've got a game next week. They play week twenty one and they play week twenty two in Montreal. So they also the the Eskimos are in game management mode a little bit and playoff management mode. So the whole scenario, knowing what we saw last week from Cooper, he was I was among the many who had him in my lineup too. Um, but I'm I'm not as high on him for this week. I don't love the matchup. I don't love the potential game script and I don't love where the Eskimos are are sitting right now in terms of how they're managing things going into the playoffs so I'm I'm probably staying away from him and remember with Christian Jones being out for the season which the Eskimos announced this week uh, all of a sudden Shaq Cooper probably becomes a bigger part of the Esk's plans in the playoffs yep. as well uh, you'd assume C.J. Gable is going to be back. I believe he's going to be healthy in time uh, for the postseason. I think they're just resting him uh, at this point from his injury. But I think Gable and Shaq Cooper are going to be a really big part of what the Eskimos need to do offensively uh, to win a game in the playoffs. Game two on Saturday, Toronto in Hamilton, and you can call their games meaningless all you want, but for teams like the Argos, Red, Blacks, and Lions... They're looking to the future. They're looking to secure jobs, show off what they've got. So for Toronto, at least, A.J. Willette at 3500 Chandler Worthy, 2500 Low-cost buys that had some pretty big production last week. Should they be in more lineups? I had both of these players last week, and they gave me a ton of flexibility. Uh, they definitely exceeded uh, what I paid for them, which is always a nice feeling. And i got to be honest with you, I'm looking at the, the pick trends this week, and they're both really low. They're both a lot lower uh, than they should be. Now, Ouellette, the, the fourth-ranked running back, uh, I, I still think given his salary uh, and the fact that he's going to be toting the rock a lot in that Argos offense, uh, getting catches, all he needs is a touchdown, and, and he's easily uh, exceeding his value. But Chandler Worthy's been a really good player, and they use him not only as a receiver uh, on quick, short passes uh, in a volume role, but they, he's been returning kicks and punts as well. So the floor is pretty good, and the ceiling's really high. He could go off for a really big game against the Ticats team. We don't expect to play all their starters. So those are two players that I think are, are criminally undervalued right now. And uh, if you want a really big week in Week 21 to close out the season, those are two guys you need to have in your lineup, in my, in my opinion. I, I really have a strong hunch about these guys, and I, I like both of them. They're both in my lineup again this week. I uh, I like the matchup. I don't I don't like the quarterback options in Toronto right now from a fantasy standpoint because you just don't know what you're you're talking about. You don't know what the the pitch count's going to be, so on and so forth. But what I do like is that the options that the quarterback has and and some of the other offensive playmakers are probably going to be pretty steady. So because of that, yeah, I, I I am looking at both of those guys a whole lot more heavily. They're still extremely like you talk about them being undervalued. Well, in, in terms of how many people are picking them well they're also still very very inexpensive so you still have the potential to get good value even if even if it's not the same type of production you got last week where they far exceeded what their prices were if you even get decent weeks from these guys they're still going to give you really good value and really good flexibility in your lineup so i think i think for both worthy um and for Willette, you have to be looking at, at both those guys for Week 21. And, and I think you got to think outside the box a little bit more when you're in a scenario. Like, we don't always see seasons like this where so many teams are resting players in the final week. So in a scenario like this, I, I do think you have to think a little more outside of the box. And, and that's exactly what this would be. 
Do you kind of have to think about the timeshare and the percentage of time each of these Argos quarterbacks is getting? Prukop and O'Connor could see more snaps this week. So would that then have you thinking less of the Argos receivers or does it matter when the Ticats are likely to rest a big chunk of their starters? Well, Pat, you, you mentioned that scares you off a little bit and, and I get it. Just I mean, only only is... scares me off in terms of actually starting their quarterbacks at, in fantasy. Okay. Less less so about the actual playmakers. I, I would have a lot more confidence in their offense if McLeod Bethel Thompson were to play the entire game. That's a different offense when he's in at quarterback. And Dakota Prukop and, and uh, Michael O'Connor, they looked pretty good last week. But it, like with any young quarterback, you just don't know what you're going to get from them. So it, it will be interesting to see how the Argos decide to divvy up the playing time. We'll see if Corey Chamberlain uh, sort of tips his hand a little bit uh, this week and, and uh, shows us what he's going to, to throw out there. Is it McLeod Bethel Thompson just a quarter? Does he maybe give Michael O'Connor or Dakota Prukop the start and, and uh, sit McLeod Bethel Thompson altogether? Uh, I don't know. All I know is uh, with a guy like Dakota Prukop, they've been waiting a few years with him. Now's the chance to see him play. Uh, he is going to get on the field. And fans want to see Michael O'Connor too. Fans want to see a Canadian quarterback. So they're both going to see the field. And yeah, I, I would have a little more confidence in these guys if McLeod were playing the whole game. I still think at their current prices, uh, A.J. Ouellette and Chandler Worthy, I'm mostly talking about, although Rodney Smith had a two-touchdown game as well. I still think uh, that they're worth, uh, they're definitely worth the investment uh, given their current price tags. As for the Tie Cats, we expect some of the massive price guys, the 14,000 Brandon Banks, the 10,000 Braylon Addison to sit. So, which low cost Tie Cats should we be looking at if we're still wanting to get in on that game? Because Jalen Acklin and Marcus Tucker both had some effective weeks throughout this year. They're both sitting under $5,000, likely to see some some bigger playing time this week. The guy that interests me the most, he did not have a big return to the lineup, but I wonder how much we see of Luke Tasker in this game because, look, when Tasker is a big part of that offense and when he is right and when he is healthy – he can be a really effective part for them. And I know that Braylon Addison has has burst onto the scene in the last, I mean, it was only at about this time last year, guys, when we really started talking about Addison. And he's obviously turned into one of the most reliable players in the CFL this year. But uh, I, I wonder about Tasker, because if they can get him established and if he can become uh, a little bit more of a weapon and, and the type of weapon that we know he's capable of being, then I think that that's just another uh, kind of, weapon in the holster that the the tie cats have come playoff time so i wonder if they try to use him a little bit more in this game over the weekend yeah i I, this is a tough game for me and i i'm conflicted because i do think the tie cats want to win i don't think this is a nothing game they have a chance to finish 15 and 3 i think that means something uh they have a chance to be one of the uh handful of teams in history that have gone undefeated at home I think that means something to them as well. They're playing their home finale in front of their fans. And look, they know what's at stake. They know this doesn't matter. And, and two weeks from now, the playoff game, uh, that, that's, what, that's all the fans really care about. But I don't think they want to go in front of their fans and just lay a goose egg in the, in the season finale, right? I mean, that, I just don't think you're going to see that. And Yeah, this is a chance for them to rest guys like Brandon Banks and, and Braylon Addison. There's no need to risk injury there. Uh, you mentioned Luke Tasker. I don't know what they do with him. He's a veteran. I don't know if he needs to play necessarily. But I'm really curious to see what Hayden Moore does. We saw Dane Evans in that situation last year, and he balled out. I want to see what he does with Jalen Acklin. I want to see what he does with Jalen Marshall. Uh, it's They've got some young up-and-coming receivers there. Uh, the, the, the draft pick that they used in the most recent draft, he's probably going to get some playing time too, the Canadian, uh, whose name escapes me right now. But they, they've got some young players. We've seen what Orlando Steinauer has done as a rookie head coach. He's built a really competitive team on both sides of the ball. I think there are going to see we are going to see some cheap fantasy options for the Ticats this week uh, do really well, just like we saw 
with Dane Evans and Braylon Addison a year ago at this time. All right, last game of the week, uh, BC and Calgary. This one means a lot, as we mentioned before. But let's start with the Lions first. Brian Burnham able to put up 16 points against the Riders, even without Mike Riley as his quarterback. What would it take for you guys to play a $10,000 option against this Stampeders team right now? Is, is anyone even thinking about that? Because that, that seems a bit out there for me. Yeah, I, I can't wrap my head around it, that's for sure. The, you know, Brian Burnham with Mike Riley as his quarterback all day. Let's have that chat. Uh, we don't even know who the quarterback's going to be for the Lions, and we certainly know whoever it's going to be is not Mike Riley um, and not of that caliber. I just I can't justify spending that type of money on a player like Burnham. Brian Burnham is an outstanding, an outstanding football player, an outstanding receiver. I just don't know if now is the right time to be spending 10K on him. I'm not convinced that Brian Burnham can't, produce with any quarterback that's in there and even in his last game with Danny O'Brien we saw him put up 16.2 points against a really good Riders defense and he almost had the catch of the century in the CFL the the Odell Beckham style catch it just didn't count it was so close in fact I think had they ruled it a touchdown on the field it probably would have stood I don't know if you guys know which play I'm talking about uh, it was all over the highlights, even though it wasn't ruled a catch in the end. A crazy one-handed grab. Um, very similar to what OBJ did uh, in that game several years ago with the New York Giants. But he's just an incredibly talented receiver. And when the ball's in his area, uh, he comes up with it. I don't know how, but he does. I'm not going to rule him out as an option this week, especially if you can go uh, with a couple of high-priced options at receiver. I, I think it's interesting. I think it's a contrarian play. He's not getting a ton of he's not getting a ton of run from the fantasy community in this game. And if he comes up with a really big week, he's gonna play the whole game. I don't know. I could see it. I mean, I'm not convinced he can't produce either. I'm just not willing to bet ten thousand dollars that he will. It's just Yeah, it's more it's the price tag for me. for me than it is the actual player or, or even the situation. As far as the stamps, though, Bo Levi Mitchell continues to put up some of the best numbers of his career. 350 passing yards against Winnipeg, averaging 356 over his last six contests. This is a must-win game. So is this another big outing on tap for Bo? This is the best that I've ever seen Bo play when it comes to, to this type of conversation from, a, from an arm strength standpoint, from a accuracy standpoint, from an explosiveness standpoint. We know what Bo does. We know Bo wins. And we know that he is, you know, one of the most consistent quarterbacks in this league but what we're seeing right now from him is is a different level when it comes to production and going up against a bc team that has been suspect all year defensively and they're going up against a stan peters team that needs a win to get themselves a home playoff date I would be pretty stunned if Bo doesn't have another really good statistical day. Obviously, you can never guarantee these things, but if we're if we're coming into the uh, playoff podcast next week and we're not talking about Bo coming off another you know twenty four, twenty six, thirty point week, I, I I'd be pretty surprised. I won't lie. I've had this argument with people before, and it goes back to the twenty seventeen Grey Cup and Bo's arm, his shoulder. I'm certain it wasn't it wasn't what it what it usually is. And you look at the the Grey Cup interception that sealed the game, the Matt Black one for the Argos, and people said, "Well, what was he thinking? That was a bad decision." I didn't think that was a bad decision. I thought Bo just underthrew the ball. I thought he had his guy open in the back of the end zone, and if he's got his arm strength and he puts it on the money, that's a touchdown. Why do I bring that up? Well, he was injured this year once again, and this isn't the same. And Pat, you said this is the best you've seen him play as far as the arm strength and what he can do. And I could not agree more. He just looks incredible out there. He's fitting the ball into tight windows. The velocity on his throws. There is not a thing wrong with Bo Levi Mitchell right now. He's well-rested because he had some time off. Uh, I think he's inspired. He's motivated. I think you are going to see Bo Levi Mitchell continue 
to tear it up. And with the receivers he's got there in Calgary uh, against the BC Lions in a dome, uh, another big advantage, playing indoors in the living room. I mean, geez, it's we play flag tomorrow night, Thursday night on Halloween, and, and they're talking about 100-kilometer gusts and pouring rain. And, yeah, it, it's not fun playing outdoors at the end of October. I think Bo's got a chance to light that defense up in BC. And to me, that this is this is almost a no-brainer between between Bo, Levi Mitchell. You can talk about Cody Fajardo, that's fine. But Bo is at the top of his game right now. And even from a fantasy perspective, he doesn't have to run the ball to have massive success in fantasy. All right, one Halloween-themed question before we get going on this final regular season week of... 2019 which one of these top picked players is too scary for you that's that's how it ties into theme because it's spooky top pick play right now william powell and then you go cody fajardo bo levi mitchell no surprises there uh receiver wise shaq evans eric rogers heard you myala kyron moore reggie begleton all some of the top plays and then other top running back plays, Jeremiah Johnson, Shaq Cooper, uh, A.J. Willette, Marcus Thigpen. So which one of these guys is just not on your radar right now, despite being some of the most top-picked plays? Well, can I choose Can I choose two that are related? Because right now I'm, I'm really scared when it comes to Saskatchewan's running back scenario. Like, again, there's been whispers about, okay, is Powell going to sit or is Powell going to play and how much is Powell going to play? Now, it's a, it's a big game, so you'd think logically he'd play lots, and that's what my initial thought was, but there's been some thoughts out there that maybe that's not the case. So Powell and Thigpen are both interesting, and they're at the – polar opposite of the spectrum when it comes to salary. One's extremely expensive and one's extremely affordable, hovering around $3,000. So Thigpen and Powell are both scary and they're related to one another. That's one of those game time decisions, got to check the depth chart, got to do your research type conversations. I'm I'm really curious how Sass goes about their running back rotation or or how they go about using their their tailbacks. Yeah, that's interesting. And if, if there's any hint of Powell having a reduced workload or not playing. Uh, Marcus Thigpen almost has to become a must-play this week, doesn't he? Which is why he's scary. Because he's if, if, like, if he does go, then he's scary in a good way. And, and if it's Powell who's the most pay, that, that's going to get most of the snaps, then you know that, that pretty much limits what Thigpen's going to give you. I, I'm going running back for this fun little Halloween-themed game as well. Uh, and, and it's Ante Leader. And I, I haven't taken him yet this year. I know a lot of people that took him the last two weeks, but I just haven't been on board with that Stampeders run game. And now they've got Don Jackson in there as well. Pat, maybe you can speak more to this because you're, you're closer to that situation in Calgary. But I haven't had any confidence in, in the Stampeders uh, running game since, oh, I don't know, the first few weeks of the season. And whether it's Jackson or Leader, I, they're going through the air now. It It just seems like... They've accepted that the way they're going to win football games is by Bo Levi Mitchell throwing the football a ton. I don't really have anything to add to that because you're right. That's exactly what the scenario is now. And this is a uh, an aerial-based attack, and I don't see that changing. You know, Leader is interesting because of the price. He's still at $3,000, but I just am not confident in, in how much he's going to see the ball. And, and even when he has seen the ball this year, it's not like he's been super productive with it. There's been the fumble. There's been it's, It has not been a great play to put him in there. So, no, I, I – like – I like it. You take a look at it. You're like, okay, I understand it is what I mean. Like, you look you look at that price tag. You're like, well, geez, how can you not go with this guy? I just, uh, it, there's some risk involved in that because he just hasn't been overly productive even when he has been at the top of the depth chart. I think we've hit our three-minute warning. Three-minute warning now, or is it? It is the warning. This is where we make our money picks, our lock of the week. Let's start with a money pick. This is a player $3,500 or less. Uh, Jeff, why don't you kick us off with your money pick this week? I had Chandler Worthy last week. Uh, no, you had Chandler Worthy last week, didn't you? I did. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I I did have, I liked that one. I guess I liked it so much. I wanted to steal it as my own even. 
I wanted to lie about it, take the credit for it. <laughs> uh, Hannah gets credit for Chandler Worthy, but uh, I also have him this week, but not as my money pick. Uh, I'll change it up, and I'll go with Malik Irons as my cheap uh, $2,500 guy. I think he gets in and plays a lot for the Ticats. Uh, those old legs of Tyrell Sutton. Uh, yes, yes, here I am talking about the age of running backs again, but entirely appropriate in this situation. I think Classic, Malik Irons yeah. gets a lot of runway with the Ticats. He's a good Canadian uh, young player and is in their future plans. I think they get him some experience and see what he can do uh, over the stretch of an entire game. I'm going to go with, it's funny, we just talked about him. This is very depth chart dependent. So if we, if you end up seeing that uh, William Powell is absolutely on top of the depth chart for Sask's game against the Eskimos on Saturday, this one becomes a little less attractive. But if, if there's thoughts that Powell's going to be limited, um, I, I really like Thigpen because you know that he's got the ability in the return game. He's still a very dynamic runner. So I do think it, just under $3,100, especially depending on what we found, find out from the depth chart and what we hear from the riders coming into this game, I do think there's some intrigue in Thigpen. So he would be a very uh, depth chart dependent money pick for me. Uh Mine will also be depth chart dependent, but I like the guy that Jeff mentioned briefly, Jalen Marshall in Hamilton, placed on the one-game injured list last game, but with that playing time opened up, uh, you may see his return. He's played one game this year. He had 85 yards and a touchdown over Ottawa. So this guy can put up some big points, and he's only $2,500. Playing time available. Check him out if he is on that depth chart. Let's move to our lock of the week. This player will be in our lineup. Uh, given that they're playing, let's put an asterisk on that because anything can change at this point in the season. So, Jeff, who are you locking in to your lineup this week? Well, I've got someone that I know will be playing this week, and that is the Calgary Stampeders defense. Yes, I, I think they'll be showing up for this game. But a game against the BC Lions to close out the season, again, we don't know the quarterback situation. And I know a popular strategy out there is to not play a defense. I've played a defense every week this year. And I think it's really helped me because if, if you're getting that 10 or more points each week, it, it really is uh, a boost to your lineup, knowing that there are no guarantees with, with other big uh, salaried big name players out there and you're basically playing uh, an extra position on your team and I, I really do think that over the long run that helps you out well this week uh, there are two there, there's Calgary and there's Sask I think those defenses should have a really good game uh, and put up a lot of points and given the inexperience at quarterback for the BC Lions uh, and how good the Stampeders defense has been this season I think that unit comes up with a gem this week uh, and really could be a deal breaker for your fantasy team uh, this week and getting you over that top to win your league. It's funny. I was going to go with that one if you didn't take. I, I was wondering which way you were going to go, and if you didn't take my number one, the Stampeders D was uh, my number two choice because uh, I'm with you, and I... I spent a lot of time last year, especially in the early going, not playing defenses. I haven't done it once this year, and I, I also think it has really helped in, in how effective I've, I've been able to play the game this year. I, I do think it helps you. I'm going with Bo Levi Mitchell. Uh, I know you guys always like to make fun of me for doing this. I don't think I've done it all year until now, but I just take a look at this situation. I take a look at what the Stampeders need to do and who they're playing. I, I would be stunned, as I said earlier, if Bo does not have another huge fantasy week. So against the BC Lions, he's coming in at less than $10,000, so he's still not a five-digit quarterback either. I'm going Bo Levi Mitchell as my lock of the week. Another guy who's pretty much guaranteed to have a big game or is set up to have a big game, Cody Fajardo. He's a little bit more expensive at nearly $11,000. Uh, but he is feeling it right now. And 26 points last week, I was pretty happy with that. Cody Fajardo is going to be in my lineup along with a bunch of other riders and Stampeders this week. Okay, four games this week to wrap up the 2019 season. We'll wrap it up for CFL Fantasy, and we will wrap it up for the season as a whole. We will be back for the playoffs. Don't worry. Jeff, your final thoughts uh, are, are now open for you to please share. I think we'll have to do a little bit of fact-checking on uh, – 
Pat's locks of the week. He said he hasn't taken Bo. I'm not sure about I that. I might be wrong about that. I just know that you guys made fun of me a lot for that. it last year. You, you might be wrong. That's true. You, you've, uh, you've been a little less dependent on Bo Levi Mitchell as your fantasy quarterback this, this year. I, I commend you for that. I don't have Pat with a I don't have Pat with Bo as okay. a lock here at all. Wow. I think he's telling the Okay. Way to go, Pat. Um also, the unnamed receiver uh, that I couldn't figure out the name earlier. I apologize. It was it was Max Ungerer. He was a, a I believe a second round pick of the Tie Cats this year. And I'd be really curious to see if he gets into the game uh and they get to see what he can do because with a really loaded group there, they haven't really had a chance to get him on the field much, um, but they liked him. Really talented pick, uh, and uh, I, I do think he's in their future plans. Also, we argued about Zach Caleros last week. I said uh, 15 to 20 point range. Quote me on it. Well, I think it was around 15.8 for him. 15, yeah. 15.8. So, just yeah. barely. Just barely, but I got it. I didn't didn't make myself look foolish. At least I, I hit a I set a five point uh, target and I hit it. So uh, I'm pretty pretty proud of that. Pretty proud of that. And and uh, I think I think I think T Dog was pretty happy with the with the result as well. I thought he looked good. I'll uh, I'll say he looked much better than I was expecting him to. I thought that Caleros had himself a really good game. So good on him, and we'll see if he gets the start for the Bombers in their playoff game too. Uh, they're done for the regular season. Remember to head over to CFL.ca and check out uh, Daily Roto. They've got everything from projections to rankings and what is a very challenging week where a lot could change so uh, you'll especially want to monitor twitter and check out those depth charts uh, when they come out also check out the waggle presented by sport clips davis sanchez and donovan bennett getting you ready as always for the next week in the cfl and make sure to subscribe and listen to us every week we're on google play itunes spotify or you can listen to us right on cfl.ca okay good luck to western willie let's see if he can close it out he's basically been our wire to wire leader good luck to jeff creever let's see if he can close out number one in our little uh in our little league battle the three of us here and good luck to you if you're playing in week 21 we will be back for the semifinal weekend in the cfl so uh, join us next week for another edition of the cfl fan fantasy podcast but for the regular season we are done the cfl fantasy podcast is presented by leo vegas hannah's on twitter at hl nordman jeff's at jeff creever i'm at fan 960 steinberg for hannah for jeff i'm pat that'll do it for your 21st edition of the cfl fantasy podcast